You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, and welcome to Queen's Podcast. I'm Amanda Mata, the host of the Art of History podcast, and I'm also that chick who talks way too much about the royal family on TikTok. On behalf of Katie and Nathan, I'm here to advise you that they've been known to use many a colorful metaphor and, yes, strong language. If that's not your style, they won't be mad, just back away slowly. If you're interested in hearing stories from the past told through some really cool works of art, I hope you'll check out Art of History wherever you get your podcasts. But for now, on with the show. Hi, I'm Katie. And this is Nathan. And you're listening to Queens, the podcast about badass women in history. Hey guys! Happy New Year, Nathan! Woo-woo. Oh my god, it is our first episode of a 2022! I know, and I, I wish it was on a happier note. I know! <laughs> Since the last time we left you guys, we lost a legend. Uh, and legend is the word. It's the craziest thing. We went on um, Patreon a couple of weeks ago and asked the people, the Patreon supporters, to vote for the first episode of 2022. And then an event happened. (sighs) We went on to Patreon and was like, hey, we know you guys voted for this one queen. But we have to make some room for our lovely gal. Like, I... All of our Patreon supporters with a resounding, like, everyone agreed, yes, you have to cover this queen. So before we start out the episode with who is she, why don't we say who she's not, Nathan? Yeah, right? Like, she accomplished so much shit in her life. I know. Like, how, like, what was she not? Um, She wasn't a criminal. Um, no. She wasn't a bigot. Um, no. She wasn't homophobic. Definitely so, not. So, like, pretty much everything we love here at Queen's Podcast, right? She was very much in our, you know, she had all the qualities that we adore here in this show, Um, not to mention she was, what she was, was a producer, a writer, an actor, a mentor, an activist. Nathan, (sighs) who are we talking about today? (sighs) It pains me to say it, um, but it's Betty White. Yeah, of course it's Betty White, who (sighs) we lost. I'm already, I'm already cheersing. Yeah. I'm already (laughs) cheersing you right now. We are recording this on January 9th. We, of course, lost her. I guess the world has been without her 10 days now. 10 days too many. She was the queen of TV. Some called her the queen of sitcoms. Some called her the queen of game shows. 
could call her the queen of America's heart. Everything. Oh, God. <laughs> so, of course, we're going to talk today about the legendary Betty White. So, what we're drinking today is what one of her friends described as her favorite drink. Mm-hmm. Um, she did like vodka and lemon, which, hashtag same. Yeah. Um, just lots of vodka on the rocks with lemon, but she also liked a martini. And if there's some gal that I've got to make a martini for, it's going to be fucking Betty White. Love it. So, <laughs> so two and a half ounces of vodka, a half an ounce of dry vermouth, half an ounce of olive juice, but if you like it dirty, you mm. add another half an ounce or two of some olive juice because I like olive juice. I'm weird. Um, and then you just fucking oh, shake juice. it. You shake it on the rocks. And then pour it in a nice martini glass and a fucking cheers, bitches. The Dirty Betty cocktail. Love <laughs> the it. The Dirty Betty. Yas, queen. <laughs> so just like every other January since we've done this podcast, um, Katie is doing dry January. Boo. So I know. I know. But y'all, <laughs> y'all, my liver is going, yay. <laughs> like, <laughs> over the holidays, True. my liver was like, girl, please. Fucking water. Please, please so I'm Yes. So I am being a responsible queen and listening to my liver. But I love listening to my liver. I need that. Listening on a to my liver. I love a dirty martini. I can drink olive juice on its own. So I yeah. didn't want to miss out. Okay, I went online and was looking for alternatives, and there are a lot of like non-alcoholic vodkas out there, but I, they're expensive and mm-hmm. I'd have to order online and nothing was going to get here in time. So I found a recipe that suggested replacing the vodka with boiled potato water. So that's what I've done. I mean, I mean, that makes and just, sense. And then instead of vermouth, I... Vodka's um, made from potatoes, right? Exactly. And then so. instead of vermouth, I just did olive juice and then added a little bit of lemon juice and you know and the rest this as is so sounds like it could be i haven't tasted it yet i'm not anticipating <laughs> loving it so i've also made myself a uh, i wish, a lemon I wish tea. you could see her face i wish mm-hmm. you could see her face right now she's like i haven't tasted it yet <laughs> i've also made myself uh, a lemon flavored tea as a backup so all yeah, right let's see let's see what this bitch. Come Let's on. see what this potato dirty Betty tastes like. I, I love a dirty Betty. Okay, I don't hate it. Okay. I don't hate it. Do I think it's because like I it? love <laughs> I mean, I would never go to a bar and be like, please get me, get a me dirty some potato martini. water. <laughs> potato water. <laughs> I demand you boil some potatoes right <laughs> now. I don't hate it. The funny thing, because I like a medium like Oh, I don't hate it, but once I drink some more, I'll like it some more. And then I'm like, wait, that only works with alcohol. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but now I also have mashed, I also have boiled potatoes that I can make mashed potatoes for dinner tonight with. I think Betty would have loved that. She was a resourceful bitch. She would have loved it. Okay, now time for some Patreon shout outs. So we've got Carrie, Anna Maria, Kelly, Savina, Brooke. Delena, welcome back, Delena. Uh, Love you. <laughs> Ke- uh, another Kelly, 
Andrea and Jill. Thank you. Thank you so much for supporting our podcast. Thank you to all our Patreon supporters and everyone that listens to the show. So Nathan, are you ready to get into the fabulous life of Betty White? You ain't got to get ready if you stay ready. (laughs) Why don't you get us started? (laughs) So Betty Marion White was born January 17th, 1922 in Oak Park, Illinois. So... She's a Capricorn, if you're taking notes here. Um, Lots of mental and physical stamina, not afraid to put themselves out there, and always trust their instincts. So, I mean, really. This is our girl. This is our girl, right? This is her. Um, Her parents, let's get into our 1920s realness. Their names were Horace, which is like my grandpa's name. Um, (laughs) Horace White and Christine Tess. Um, Daddy-O was an electrical engineer, which may come in handy, and Mom was a homemaker. Um, A lot of people think that, you know, the name Betty, that's usually short for Elizabeth or something. Yeah. But her her legal name at birth was Betty. She was Yeah, this was her first major scandal. (laughs) (laughs) Was, Was her name Betty or was it Elizabeth? Oh my God. Um, Some people really think it was Elizabeth, but I mean, the birth certificates don't lie. Yeah. Um, Her name is Betty. (laughs) I wish my parents would have just named me a short, because like my name is actually Catherine. And like, I have to remind myself when I go to like the DMV or the doctor's office, they're not going to call Katie. They're going to call Catherine. Because like sometimes when people call Catherine, I'm like, I wish this Catherine. So like, if you're just going to call them a nickname, just name them the nickname. I don't know. When she was little over one years old, so she was like one and a half, um, the Whites pack up and move on west to the suburbs of Los Angeles. Uh, don't worry, this isn't like babies need jobs situation. Like Her mom was not being a stage mom. They yeah. just moved out west because that's where the money was. Babies still don't need jobs. Babies don't need Hashtag. jobs. <laughs> babies don't need babies. <laughs> So they weren't pushing her to do anything. Just, yeah. they need to move west. They need to live a new life, right? It's where the money was, yeah. Which might be important, being that this is the late 1930s, and oh, oh, what, I see where this is going. What, you know, think back to your history lessons, what was happening in the late 1930s. It's real depressing, but I'm um, <laughs> and it's great. <laughs> it's called the Great Depression. Yes. Um, yes. <laughs> I'm trying to like. Everyone great depression. Let's eat cardboard. <laughs> um, no, in the U.S. Awful. U.S. history, late 20s to mid 30s. I think I misspoke earlier. Late 20s to mid 30s is the Great Depression. And everyone was depressed because they didn't have any fucking money. No. And all jokes aside, this is like a huge bummer in like world history. Like everything crashed. Everything was off. Nobody had food. Nobody had money. You hear some really heartbreaking stories of the Great Depression. I think I've read stories about like mothers that couldn't afford to feed all their children. So they literally like sold their children to like farms that needed farm hands and stuff like that. And people were like 
scraping the wallpaper off the wall to have something to eat. Like, oh, it's, God. it was a very, very dark time, which actually sent me down rabbit hole number one. Um, <laughs> Not surprised. Yes, yes. Because, <laughs> like, in history class, whenever we were in high school and stuff, we only learned about it from, like, a U.S. standpoint. But the Great Depression was international. Um uh-huh. Mr. No, worldwide, worldwide, much like Pitbull. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did you go there? I'm sorry. There. <laughs> no, but Oak the international <laughs> the international decline of the economy like really hit Germany before it even hit the US, which actually had to do with like the rise of the, you know, the unsettled population bringing in Hitler. Uh. Um yeah like Like, i knew this was coming i mean i've researched betty white like i've researched you knew hitler was gonna come in the early 20th century what a surprise (laughs) uh, uh, sorry let me dig myself out of that rabbit hole back to betty white and everybody so what we're getting at is everybody poor except at least in betty's retelling of her childhood like it wasn't that bad they didn't suffer that too much yeah like dad she said she was spoiled like Mm -hmm. in her childhood like she said it so unless she is just painting a rosy picture it seems like her parents really sheltered her from the hardships that were going on she was a kid so of course you shelter them from that right but not all children i think had the luxury of being sheltered from it to shay so like we said her dad was an electrical engineer which pretty much can be used in a lot of facets here. Yeah. Her dad was able to feed his family by selling crystal radios. Okay. It sounds like something that would be sold in goop, if I'm being honest. (laughs) Okay, so Betty White's not a witch. Okay. (laughs) Or is she? Uh, but uh, this biography uh, just took a new turn. Was uh, Betty White what? a witch? You heard it here. Uh, on she's a witch. She's a witch. <laughs> uh, so a crystal radio is run on crystals that produce radio waves. So crystal radio makes sense. Um, so her dad was a witch. Queen's podcast statement: Her dad was a witch. Yes, Betty. <laughs> Betty White was a witch. End of episode. Good night, guys. Dad would make these radios and trade them for things like food and stuff. But if there was a family that was in need and they couldn't pay or they didn't have anything to barter and they needed a radio, he would trade them for dogs. Ah, same. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, same. Which really helped the families in need because uh, I think Betty White in her biography said something like, radios don't eat, but dogs do. So it would uh, kind of be like one less mouth to feed for these families. That and makes sense. Yeah. I read something. At one point, they had like 20-something dogs. Yes. Which, this. yeah, like sign <laughs> I mean, me a up. little too much. <laughs> yeah, sign me up if I have the property to do that on. Right. Right now, right now, I don't know if I could house 20 dogs. Yeah. <laughs> Betty was her parents' only kid, and she was really close to both of them, though she would joke sometimes she wondered if they were disappointed that she wasn't 
a dog or a cat. (laughs) But Betty would also say that her mother had this impeccable comedic timing, which Uh tracks. This tracks. No, no, it absolutely (laughs) tracks. That's one thing about Betty that she's got that timing. Yes. So in her memoir, if you ask me, uh, Betty talks about how every summer her family would go and visit in Sierra Nevada. So like she had cousins and aunts and uncles out there. Yeah, they would all go out camping. Um, This is not glamping. Mm -hmm. Uh, They had donkeys. Yes. I mean, that is not glamping. If you've got donkeys. No. I don't need a whole lot of ass. (laughs) 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 I went there. Um, So (laughs) she talks about taking all these donkeys down to the campsite. You couldn't take your car down there. So, yeah, I mean, this was a you trek. had to take a donkey down there, and they would stay at the campsites in tents for three weeks each summer. Yeah, Katie is not about it. At all. <laughs> I um I looked up Sierra Nevada. It looks beautiful. I found some Airbnbs nearby with a great view <laughs> that I would love to go to, but I'm not doing this i don't sleep outside and especially not for three weeks straight you peasants no to each their own i'm just really scared of like creepy crawlies oh okay i mean scorpions are a thing scorpions and snakes and beetles oh my oh my <laughs> But uh, Betty White, unlike Katie, uh, loved these trips. Love, 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 love. <laughs> so dad was a huge lover of nature, and she's super duper close to her parents. So she just did whatever they did. You know what she I mean? She loved whatever made them happy. Yeah, these trips meant a lot to her because for the rest of her life, or the rest of her young life at least, she dreamed of having one job. Nathan, what was her dream job growing up actress is what i would say no she wanted to be a park ranger or a forest ranger like what because of these (laughs) trips and like her dad's just passion for nature and she grew to love it and so she's thinking well i want to work to preserve nature for the next generations so i'm gonna become a forest ranger but guess what guys bag of dicks uh, women can't be forest rangers. Even forestry was a bag of dicks back then. Women can't wear camo. <laughs> I, don't th- I don't think forest rangers wear camo, Nathan. <laughs> Maybe they do. Maybe they do. Maybe they do. But I, I've never thought, I guess because I've never thought about the credentials of being a forest ranger in the 1940s or 30s or whatever. But yeah, women weren't allowed that career path. <sighs> Gross. Gross. So... She attended Beverly Hills High School, so probably grew up all around those high school kiddos we know, like Brenda and 90210 gang, yeah. And... <laughs> <laughs> uh, but for real, it wasn't quite as glamorous. <laughs> no, not yet. Not yet, at least. No, it's the Great Depression. Sorry. Yeah. But she got really so she... into the arts. Um, yeah. And... Tell us, Nathan. She ended up writing her senior play for the class of 1939. Uh, She wrote herself as the lead role and narrator. (laughs) She's like, I am the writer. I am the lead actress. I am the narrator. The rest of you get in line. (laughs) 
I fucking love this for I her. I love it too, yes. <laughs> like, what, just write yourself in. Write yourself into the play. We see you. We see you, Betty. We are you. <laughs> as soon as she graduated high school, she tried to enter showbiz immediately. She started singing songs for this new experimental medium called television. Ooh. Ooh. Ah. ah. <laughs> TV we was still in this. its infancy. <laughs> We all know those commercials, right? Yeah, like the yeah. 60s commercials, like, ooh, ooh. ah. <laughs> so this type of work was like experimental. Yeah. Because people didn't really know what this like electronic box that right. sat in your living room, like what? what? <laughs> yeah, it was like, it was like, it's, the, people were literally like, why do we need radio with pictures? And also her first gig singing on TV, the broadcast only like reached to down the street or something like that. Like when we talk about local TV, it was like, it was like within the building local. Like Like in the premise. (laughs) Yeah. So her first gig wasn't, you know, like going to make her a star. It was like going to be like, oh, people in the building might know who I am. Oh, fancy that. (laughs) Uh, But Betty hopped around from job to job for a couple of years. Um, She graduated in 1939 and she just went from odd job to odd job. Like she tried to be a model and they told her she wasn't photogenic enough. Fuck that. Um, Because she was (laughs) like that smile, those dimples like, that face she like is seriously so, she was so cute like go back and look at pictures of betty white in you know like her younger years adorable I, I, I have to assume like she had kind of more of like a square jaw and i yeah. guess like a lot of the starlets of the time maybe were a little Skinny, bit um well i mean jaw, she was thin like, like maybe just but I don't like, know, like like a thinner jaw like a thin face maybe a more oval face or something yeah. like that but she wasn't not photogenic she was uh, okay adorable. she was photogenic until like she died like yeah. she's gorgeous <laughs> anyway we can, we can i feel like that could be a whole rant so let's yes on. it could but she was a commercial model so yeah. She back then and commercials and TV weren't quite what we think what they are today. Um, commercials they did live, like they went on and said, Hey, this new food, like they literally Vanna White yeah. it in front of you, yeah. And so she would be the girl, and like, because they, yeah, like you said, they would literally be like in the middle of their scene and be like, And now a word from our sponsors, and just turn around, and there was a model being a sponsor, and so. it was Betty White, and so yes. I wish this was the part where we talk about her career just taking off and Betty White just goes into oblivion. She will later, um, but it's not. Um, no. Sorry, guys. Um, this is World War II and Hitler is a thing and it's yeah. the Great Depression and now it's war. Ugh. Ugh. Good, good God, God y'all. What <laughs> is it good for? Absolutely nothing. Uh, So she graduated in 39 and entered the war in 1941. And it's like everyone's career was put on hold 
Right. Like, who's thinking um, about acting when Hitler is out there Hitlering, you know? Yeah, yeah. Killing people. You Jews. gotta stop. You Horrible. Gotta stop. You, gotta, you gotta drop what you're doing and fight for the greater good. I mean, exactly. I totally get it. Yeah. So, Betty felt like she needed to do her part. Um, our girl volunteered to support the troops. Um, she hopped in a big-ass truck. And drove essentials to the troops stationed in Santa Monica and Hollywood, of course. And by essentials, I mean like toothpaste, soap, and candy. <laughs> you heard it first. Essential candy. I mean, I gotta have my Snickers bar. <laughs> she also did these. Uh, I thought this was really cute. You know how, like, when troops are stationed away, the USO, like Bob Hope, would like go out and do little shows and sketches she did that like kind of on the local level her and the other girls would put on little sketches at uh for the troops and then they would also like attend farewell dances for the boys that were about to get shipped off and so she would just be charming and drive a big truck and that's what she was doing for her war effort you know i love her making everybody smile since 19 41 or whatever and she looks adorable 21 when she was born (laughs) and she looks adorable in her little uh army get up i bet so like she's she's not photogenic like fuck you get the fuck out of here (laughs) so while serving someone else noticed that she was cute Mm. um her first husband named dick Dick Baca. <laughs> you have to you have to say it with a room. Dick Baca, yeah. <laughs> so they married in 1945, and they divorced in 1945. <laughs> oh, cool, cool. But he was a country guy, and you know, after the war, he bought a chicken farm, mm-hmm. um, and wanted to just live off the land. I know the I know that kind of guy. Like, and I know he's that a nature lover and an yeah. animal lover. So at first, nothing she wrong was with like, that. At first, she was like, "That sounds really nice." And then she got there, and she was like, <laughs> "Good God, what have I done?" <laughs> She's a city it's, girl. Yeah, just a small town girl. <laughs> not LA. Not no, really a small town. She's a but... <laughs> big town girl. <laughs> yes, exactly. She's I mean, she loved camping. World. She loved camping, but I think once she got there, she realized, "Oh, I." I like camping three weeks out of the year. I don't like chickens everywhere. I don't. Like, uh, I can't live this way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, divorce kind of controversial back then. Mm-hmm. Um, most circles back then, women that were divorced in the 40s. Oh, my gosh. Social suicide. Yeah. Like. I think it was smart of her to get out of the marriage. I don't think it was super smart of her to think that she was ever going to be happy in that life. But we all make mistakes. Yeah. I just applaud her for not just like folding to societal demands and being like, well, I've got to stay with it and have kids and then living a life where she wasn't going to be happy. Um, she said in her memoir uh, that <clears throat> she never had kids. She was, And she is from a different time. So I don't necessarily agree with this. And she said in her memoir, she was like, a lot of women of modern day are not going to agree with me on he- this, but in my eyes, I could e- either be a mother and give 100% to that, or I could have a career and give 100% to that. 
I was never going to be able to do both. And she chose a career. And that's right for some people, you know? No, that is 100% what I got from her. This entire research is that that's, I mean, she knew that she wasn't going to be a mother. She was going to mother her career. Yes. And be a mother to hundreds of animals in her life. But anyway, her parents took her back in. Like she moved back in with her parents, which also I think just goes to show again how supportive they were. And um, how tight knit, because there were a lot of parents back then that would have been like, no, you are divorced. Bye. You are not bringing yeah. that shame upon this family. But mm-hmm. her parents took her back in and it doesn't seem to have been drama. So, Right. Cool. Um, after the war, Betty was ready. Betty was ready. <laughs> Betty was ready. <laughs> Betty was ready. She hit Betty the movie studios. Um, she pursued her dream of being an actress. Um, besides Horace Ranger. Well, yeah, we'll let that one slide. Uh, <laughs> Women couldn't be forest rangers, but they could be famous actresses, and that's what she wanted to do. So that's what she did. Uh, she was doing whatever fucking job that she could, even unpaid work. Yeah. Like her first post-divorce job was at Bliss Hayden Little Theater in a show called Dear Ruth. Um, an actor Can't say that I've heard of it. Not me neither. <laughs> An actor turned agent named Lane Allen saw her and told her that she needed to pursue acting more seriously. And she's like, yeah, they, dude, that's what I'm trying to do. That's she's like, duh. Do. <laughs> um, do you not see me over here on this stage? Yeah, she liked what he said. In fact, she liked Lane so much that flames on the side of her face. <laughs> Uh, yeah, in 1947, she married him. Uh, that's a big leap from, like, agent to marriage. Yeah. Uh, but it seems like this was a little bit more of a love match than the first one, to be honest it worked, with you. It worked longer, but just slightly. <laughs> it worked slightly yeah. longer than the first one. Well, I mean, moral of the story, Lane wanted kids. Betty wanted a career. We just talked about this. So that was Betty's decision was like, no, I want yeah. a career. Um, and so they divorced by 1949. And this is the late 40s, like yeah. 50s era. And you're You want divorced. a career? What? What? Is your is your uterus sucking up all the blood? That's honey, honey, your, brain your uterus must be really how you're not thinking straight. You want a you're job? on your period. You must obviously. be on your period real bad. <laughs> you to want, want a, job? a job? No, uh, an independence. Ugh. <laughs> I I do think that this probably because this is her second divorce. And she's like not even in her 30s yet. That this probably put a bitter taste in her mouth towards romantic relationships, thinking no man is ever going to want to allow me to love me and allow me to pursue my passions. Um, And so I think for the next long time, she's like, I'm just not even going to fuck around with dating. I'm not going to fuck around with love because I can't I can't have career and a relationship too which is really sad but for the time that seemed i mean that's what that all signs were pointing par. to yeah yeah no yeah. it's true but betty was still hustling to get her big break 
whether it's radio, theater, that weird boxy thing called TV, um, she was going to make it some way, somehow. Mm -hmm. And she finally got her big break in a commercial during the hit radio comedy show called The Great Gildersleeve. Oh, yeah, you know, Gildersleeve. Duh. Sounds like a laugh riot. Uh, <laughs> our girl, Betty, literally just uttered one word for the commercial and everybody was hooked and it was parquet. What the fuck is parquet? <laughs> so, parquet is a margarine. Back oh, in the okay. day, they were like, oh, butter's bad for you. Try margarine. And parquet, parquet is the margarine. And so she It literally... just makes me think of parkour! Parkour! <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. So after this, bit parts are rolling in. Because she's that girl that could just show up and be like, parquet and just say one word and everyone's everyone's like that was delightful i love her i love her like that is legit her brand right like parquet betty parquet betty (laughs) so betty tried breaking through to the movies but again she's quote unquote not photogenic which i guess means she's not pretty enough which are you fucking serious she's She's gorgeous she's just so adorable back you know in like the 30s and 40s these like starlets that if you're comparing her next to like vivian lee or something okay she didn't look like vivian lee but who the fuck does look like vivian lee you know or or Oh, who's Mommy Dearest? No more wire. Joan Crawford. Joan Crawford. Yeah, she doesn't look like these people, but she looks like the girl next door. But if you fast forward into like the 50s, the late 40s and the 50s, the girl next door ends up being a very popular prototype. I mean, just look at Debbie Reynolds, you know? Right, right. That's why she's not getting... I don't think anybody thought she was ugly that... But saying, like, you're not photogenic enough was just a nice way of saying that you're not, like, glamorous. You know what I mean? Bitches. So she tried her hand at this little silver screen TV thing and started co-hosting a variety show, which would go on to set the stage for the rest of her career, actually. Yeah. So remember how we said that TV was, like, in an experimental phase Mm -hmm. and you you couldn't see me? But you could see me doing that right now. Right, listeners? Like, I quoted it. Quote, unquote. (laughs) So this variety show is a really good example of her career. Like, wildly popular DJ named Al Jarvis was given a TV show, and they call it Hollywood on television. So by the time that Betty joined this show... It was had already been like a wildly popular radio show that they changed to a TV show. And they were just like, we need a girl. And <laughs> I guess Betty just happened to be the right place at the right time. She's like, I, 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 I do uh, happen uh, to be a girl. And, and I want to make money. And they were like, oh, it's the butter girl, the margarine chick. Yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> Come on. And yeah, Nathan. Tell us about the recording schedule for television or Hollywood on television. Five and a half hours a day. Like, I I love you, Katie. But if I had to record with you for five and a half hours, I would still love you after all of it. But how many days a week? Uh, my God. Uh, six days. Like, six only one day off. days 
a week, five and a half. I know we all work, you know, 40 hours a week or whatever, but this is like recording. It's like live TV for five and a half hours a day, six days. And they just, nobody knew what to do. So they would have, you know, they'd play the records and just like everybody just sitting there listening to the records. Then they would be like, I guess we're going to have... So, uh, like a magician on a tap right. dancer and then somebody one day turned to betty and was like can you sing and she was like i can sing can okay. i can <laughs> i and so then it also became a reoccurring feature where she would sing on episode just because they didn't have you had to fill five and a half hours six days a week <laughs> full of shit yeah somehow this yeah. is a huge career move for Betty at this point. She is making money, honey. No more unpaid bit parts anymore for Miss White. Yeah, and then Al Jarvis ended up leaving the show. And in 1952, Betty decided to host the show her damn self. Yes! <laughs> when Al Jarvis was there, she was making $50 a week. When he left, she was making... $300 a week. That roughly comes out to $300 a week in modern day would be about now making about $200,000 a year, which okay. for a TV star now isn't a whole lot. A whole lot. But... but for a girl who has been twice divorced living with her parents to now be like this out of nowhere, this self-sufficient working actress was it was fucking huge for her, is what we're getting. At. I know. And she was the first female talk show host. Yeah, and she was even nominated for um, an Emmy for Best Actress. So, fun fact, Emmys are not what you think about today. Like, Emmys were your body of work throughout the year, as opposed to, like, this one show. I thought that was really interesting because now when somebody's nominated, you're nominated because of Elizabeth, Elizabeth Moss in The Handmaid's Tale. Like it's not her whole year's worth of work. I thought that was really interesting. But she didn't win, but it's cool. She'll win one another day, bitch. Uh, She's got plenty of time. (laughs) And... Some a friend that also worked on Hollywood on television with her, they start a production company called Bandy Productions. They decided to make their own show. There was this reoccurring sketch on their current show about this married couple who would like get into shenanigans and just cute little sketch show. So they made that into its own tv show life with elizabeth was (laughs) one of the executive producers which she wasn't the first woman to produce a television show ever but she was definitely one of the first and she actually had creative control over that show which i mean until lucille ball you know for a woman to star produce and get creative control that wasn't really a done thing so I just think that is so, so cool. Yeah, Lucille Ball, uh, Desi Lu Productions was in like yeah. 1957. And so it's like five years after Betty White had her own production studio. So Simmer on that. Simmer and on her, that. her and um, <laughs> Lucille Ball would actually go on to be very good friends. They had a lot in common. Yeah. Friends. 
Of course. Strong, powerful women who yeah. know what the yeah. fuck is funny. Yes. So Life with Elizabeth was syndicated across the country and the country fell in love with this like bubbly, hilarious Betty White. Like I remember looking at scenes from it and she yeah. would just cut that look. She's, She's so just got this sparkle in her eye because she's supposed to play this wife that's mm-hmm. like always getting into trouble, you know, very of its time. But like just she just has this way of captivating people and just being like, she's fucking adorable. Yeah, I know. It's that little glint, that little twinkle. The country fell in love with her. I One quote that I thought was really cute mm-hmm. of hers is she was like, actually, I prefer being a TV star to a movie star. Because when you're a TV star, you're in people's homes every day. And so they feel like they know you. They feel like you're approachable. As opposed to whenever you're a film star, they don't feel like they know you because you're not in their homes. You're, you know, on the big screen and it feels so much more intimidating. So she loved that people felt connected to her in that way. I totally, like, I see that. Like, if you were to see a movie star, you'd be like, oh. If you were to see a TV star, you'd be like, hey. I binge watch you all the time. Yeah, exactly. But Nathan, what did this show bring Betty in 1952. An Emmy. Yes. So we don't want to spend an entire episode talking about every single show that Betty would ever be in at every single moment of her life because it would be a three hour show. A three hour show. So we don't want to spend the entire episode just naming off all the shows she was on and all the awards she won because then it would just literally be a show of us listing off names of shows so we're gonna just kind of like a show of a shows. show of shows so we're just gonna hit like the high points like the things that really solidified her career so the next big talking point was betty white got a show called the Betty White Show in 1953. They were like, Betty, this is going to take a lot out of you because it's going to be every day for 30 minutes every day. So 30 minutes, five times a week. And she was like... <laughs> and she laughed. I don't know who the she fuck laughed. you think you're talking to. <laughs> like, <laughs> I did five and a half hours per I, day. I think I can handle... <laughs> not 30 minutes a day five days a week (laughs) (laughs) so this was a big deal because betty still being a woman she has a uterus oh my god she had total creative control uh again except this one this time even more because it's her name on the title of the yeah and she even hired a female director Yes. Love, it. Love uh, it. Betty was in her element. Like she would go out and quote unquote warm up, which would later be a dispute between her and B. Arthur. So she would warm up in front of the audience and get the audience hyped. So she's giving a live performance and she's the star and she's going out exactly. there and hyping up the audience. Yeah, if you go to like the Jimmy Fallon show today or something, before Jimmy comes out they'll usually send a comedian out to get everybody, you know, get them riled going, up. get them in the mood. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But for Betty to go out and do it on their own, people were like, 
you don't have to do this, but she enjoyed it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So sadly, the show didn't last long and actually earned Betty her first controversy, besides her name not being Elizabeth. (laughs) So, okay, her second controversy. Remember, this is like 1950s pre-civil rights, deep Jim Crow South bullshit. And Betty had a tap dancer and singer named Arthur Duncan on as a regular person. And Duncan happened to be a black man. And in the South, this was a super unpopular move because racism. Because racism. Have you gone back and watched the videos of Arthur Duncan performing on the Betty White show? He is amazing. He is so fucking cute. I could just he's kiss him. Cute, he's cute, talented, as a can sing, can dance, can do yes. all of it. Why not put him on a TV show? He's entertaining as hell to watch, and that's exactly what Betty was like. She didn't get the controversy at all, and the NBC, like NBC, the station that she was on, they told her they were like having Arthur on is hurting ratings in the South, and it's so hurting ratings overall and they advised her have him on less and she was like oh i hear you but i'm gonna have him on more (laughs) now because he is super talented and fuck you hoes you know i'm raising the roof right now if y'all don't know because she literally was like no he's talented he's amazing Mm -hmm. and it just so happens that he's black like (laughs) It has no, that has no bearing on how talented and amazing this person is. Her exact quote of the time was, I'm sorry, deal with it. Or live with it. Yes. I'm sorry. Live with it. Yes. So she dropped her mic, is what Katie was yes. saying. Um, <laughs> the show was canceled after two years, but Betty never regretted that decision she she definitely ended up on the right side of history yeah she ended up being a huge advocate for for racial injustice and all of that like she was very very good activist on that so and arthur duncan who would go on to have a very successful career as a dancer to this day still uh credits betty white for his like jumping point jumping off point of his career so betty snapped and pivot (laughs) (laughs) so she pivoted and she knew that she was really good at hosting shows uh especially variety shows so she knew how to like interview people but now she was going to be on the other side of it like televised game shows were becoming a huge thing yes in like the 60s that that really took off as a platform of entertainment televised and i love the game show network we both warmed up for this episode by watching game shows with betty white on them um (laughs) so they're huge i I love the game show network i love watching game me too i would love nathan i really want to one day put together a team to go on Family Feud. Would you ever consider going on Family Feud with me? Yes. Like, how many game shows could we be on together? That would be horrible. Oh, my God. The Amazing Race, we'd be just yelling at each other. And you would be like, dyslexia. And you'd be screaming at the map. I can't read the map. (laughs) No. 
or just like, yeah, great. Just uh, no, it. I'm not. <laughs> mm, I would be so bad at that one. But Family Feud, I think I'd be really good on. Complete caveat that, um, or like side conversation that I can leave in for the Patreon supporters. I was watching uh, bloopers from Family Feud the other day, and there was like a celebrity Family Feud one. And you know how at the end, whenever it's like a uh, lightning round or whatever they call it, where it's just like you name off things. Well, it yeah. was um, Snoop Dogg. And um, the phrase was, finish this phrase, pie in the blank. And Sky, Sky had already been, Sky had already been taken. So Snoop Dogg had to say something and he said, pie in the horse. <laughs> <laughs> and just watching Steve Harvey react, like, I think Steve Harvey just like sat down, like pie in the horse. <laughs> <laughs> what? Where did that come from? Anyway, anyway, Yes. Whenever we go on Podcaster Family Feud, we are going to do a lot better than Snoop Dogg. <laughs> maybe. Anyway. Maybe. And maybe. Maybe. <laughs> anyway. But no, this was a great medium for her because she is charming. She is funny. She is quick-witted. Mm. And I think the quick-witted had a lot to do with her success on keep being, like, continued, continuing to be invited back on to talk shows and um game shows i mean this made her a household name like have you watched match game and seen betty white like it's funny have you seen password with betty white like she's awesome (laughs) and i mean even into a couple years before her death she was still going on these uh like interview shows people wanted to have her because she was always willing to roll with the gag she was always committed to the bit and she was so funny and she talks about it in her book about like how important comedic timing is she's like time it just right and you'll always get a laugh and i think she learned that from her mother i mean okay but when you watch the golden girls like all they have to do is cut a look to each other and they just yes. have to look at each other at the right moment and make the right facial expression. It's timing is everything. I feel like that comedic timing is is something that some people, I, I don't think it can always be taught. You know what I, I mean? I know. I feel like you're talking about me. Obviously. <laughs> Clearly. So, anyway. In the, anyway. NBC to- noticed how much people liked having her in their homes. And they reached out to her and were like, hey, you want to host uh, the Today Show? <laughs> Y'all. I don't know if I've ever mentioned on this show before how much I grew up with the Today Show. Growing up, my mom had it on every morning whenever we were getting ready. I still, like, at Thanksgiving, I had Nathan and some friends over, and I was, like, talking about the Today Show, and I was like, well, Jenna and Savannah, and, like, literally everyone that was here was like, who are Jenna and Savannah? And I was like- My BFFs. They're they're (laughs) hosts on the Today Show. (laughs) I had no idea that they had uh, offered- like Betty White hosting the Today Show was ever something that was discussed. I was shooketh. <laughs> but she said no. She said no but because guess, she didn't want to move to New York. Guess who said yes? Like there was one other lady that we made know of, Barbara <laughs> Walters. How different would those two career paths look right now? Well, Barbara if... wouldn't have one and Betty White would have. <laughs> 
I, it just blew my mind. It just absolutely blew my mind just how different things would be for Barbara Walters if Betty White would have taken that job. What they say, the reason she compl- turned it down was completely because she was like, I don't want to live in New York. I'm an L.A. girl. I'm not moving to New I York. I love it. Which, from somebody that comes from a place that is sunny and hot, if you tried to get me to move to New York, I, I'd be no. hesitant as well. Right. Negative. It is. It gets cold there. <laughs> Katie, Katie looks disgusted. Ew. <laughs> so while Betty was making her name as the queen of game shows, uh, she appeared on the show called Password. Uh, Password was hosted by a guy named Alan Ludden, uh, who just lost his wife like a year before they met. And the two of them hit it off like crazy their on-screen chemistry it was obvious yeah literally soon after their first date he literally said i'm gonna marry you whoop (laughs) love bomb betty (laughs) he did kind of love bomb her and betty was kind of not into it like she cared about him and she liked spending time with him and she liked dating him but remember her last two marriages had been like no, you can't have a career on top of being a wife. And she's she was a quote-unquote career woman back in the day. And it yeah. was like, no, women can have jobs. I get it. If you like, you just start seeing a guy and he's like, I'm going to marry you. I also get how it could be like, all right, chill the f- take several seats. My several. Man. You know, like, <laughs> absolutely not. She liked him and everything, but she was a bit like, who do you think you are? It was taped in New York, too. And she just hated New York. She hated New York. He didn't hate, she didn't hate New no. York, but she didn't want to live there. Yeah. And he lived in New York, and she lived in L.A., and she was like, I also just turned down this huge career opportunity <laughs> to, because I didn't want to live in New York. How's it going to look if I moved to New York for a man over my career? Like, she was, I, f- I think she was just jaded. Yeah by love and so she just didn't she thought he was gonna want her to change she had like quote-unquote two failed marriages and it was like "Eh, he just wasn't the right guy for you but it was a different time like so she was definitely jaded at this point in most cases we say no means no (laughs) you know uh (laughs) absolutely queen's podcast statement no means no. So in most cases, if a girl says she doesn't want to marry you, don't love bomb her and walk away. That didn't but stop him. This... That didn't stop him at all. <laughs> I know. Like while I was reading it, it was like, er, is this problematic? But it ended so nice that right, I guess it's fine. Right. He know. proposed. This is this is the this is the exception, not the rule. To all right. No so you no. teach to the, the, you don't teach to the <laughs> exceptions. <laughs> yes, exactly. So Alan proposed three times. Like I remember watching the documentary on Netflix. They have one on Netflix. Go watch it. Yeah, um, she literally was like, he just kept proposing over and over and over and over. He even like wore the wedding ring on a little necklace and was like, you going to marry me? <laughs> Like, would just literally, it's yeah. so cute. It is so cute. She'd walk into the building and be like, hey, Alan. And he'd be like, will you marry me? And she's like, ugh, this is <laughs> <laughs> But the final time, uh, he sent her a stuffed bunny on Easter with some earrings that were like sapphires and shit. And then mm-hmm. obviously had the ring on it because he knew that she could never say no 
to a cute, helpless, fuzzy little animal. <laughs> mm. And that, I mean, it, it worked. <laughs> they were she married. <laughs> they got hitched. <laughs> she was she was in L.A. He was in New York. She got the gift. She called him up and he said, hello. And she said, I do. Yeah, I think she just said, so I think in the documentary, the thing was, she was like, just say yes, just say yes, just say yes. And like, she called him up on that day and was like, yes. And she just said yes. <laughs> and he was like, oh. And so they were married a few months later in June, June 9th. I think it was, let's just say June 1963. Later on, Betty would say that her only real, real regret in life is resisting Alan at the beginning. She she said, you know, I, I lost that year. I could have had a whole nother year with him. I think she regretted that. She regretted that. She regretted putting her pride in her career before Alan, but how was she going to know that he was going to go on to be the love of her and life? And how did she know she was going to go on to have a career like that? Still, yeah. <laughs> like, seriously. The two of them had a very very happy marriage so let's while we're on a while we're on a high note let's take a quick break top off our drinks and we'll be right back hello everyone stakuyi here and i'm gabby and we are the hosts of history of everything a podcast which you can probably guess by the name is well i mean it's about everything do you want to know why people thought potatoes were evil and would give you syphilis are you curious about all the stories of the terrible and stupid ways that people have kicked the bucket over the years? Do you want to hear tales about all of the different badasses of history and the lives that they had brought to life? Well, if so, then look no further. History of Everything is just the right podcast for you. It's available on Spotify, Pandora, and anywhere else that you get your podcast from. Join us for some fun and just see how weird and wacky history can be. Everybody, shush! William Shatner has something to say. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. What do you do when the woman you love dies? Well, of course, you dig her up and you live with her. Aww. Yeah, the show examines weird things. There are plenty of old photographs from this time period of children out in the streets playing in and among the dead horse carcasses. Oh, I miss those days. Things used to be so much simpler. Cat and Jethro. Then there's the urine wheel, which sounds like a really bad game show. Thing done weird things. Cat and Jethro, Box of Oddities. That is really mysterious. Join Cat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the Box of Oddities. The Webby Award-winning Box of Oddities podcast from Airwave Media. And we're back. Nathan, did you top off your dirty martini? Yes, I did. I've switched. To, I've just gone to straight tea now. To, Her potato water was not the, good. It wasn't really doing it for me. It was fine, but you were just drinking you know, olive juice. Is what you were doing? Basically, basically. So I'm just 
I'm just on the T train now. So (laughs) Betty packs her bags and she's ready to go. Um, And she moves (laughs) her two dogs. What was that song? Is that a song or did you just make something up? Bags are packed and I'm ready to go. I'm standing here outside your door. I hate to realize I'm leaving on a jet plane. Don't know oh, when I'll be back. I'll be back. Okay. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Katie's like, is that a real song? I didn't know if you were just like riffing, like skidoo bop bop. Maybe know. so. Maybe so. But <laughs> <laughs> Betty is on a jet plane, doesn't know when she'll yes. be back again. She takes her two dogs and she's moving in with Alan and his three kids and she moves to New York. Yeah. Like like she said, she never would. Right. And then fate would have it that Password moves from New York to Los Angeles. <laughs> Woohoo! So she didn't have to live in New York very uh, yeah, long. Yeah, she got her way. <laughs> yeah. So they're an adorable TV power couple. Like, for oh sure. Oh, my God. It's so cute on the first episode of Password that she's on after their honeymoon. It's so cute, like, at the end of the episode. He's like, Betty, what's the password or something like that? And she goes, home, Alan. Take me home. It's so adorable. Yeah. But they were doing all kinds of guest stars, starring roles. The love boat. Sorry, I'm in a singing mood. That's okay. The Odd Couple, they were on tons of talk shows together. I watched this one uh, talk show that they were on together called Tattletale, which it was very, it's very much like the Newlyweds show, but I don't think you have to be Newlyweds to be on it. And they, oh God, they were just so fucking cute together. They They were, were, like they riffed off of each other really well. They were able to like, I don't know. You could tell they were in love. I know, third time's the charm. Yeah. <laughs> so in the early 70s, uh, Betty's really good friend, Mary Tyler Moore. Maybe you've heard of her. Had one of the most popular TV shows, uh, Amazing Writers. The writers in this show, I think, elevated TV in a way. Did you ever watch yes. the Mary Tyler Moore show? Yes, it was genius. Because I, when I was a kid, I fucking loved Nick at Night. I was not popular. I was not cool. Um, (laughs) And I was like really into Nick at Night. And so I remember loving the Mary Tyler Moore show, but I haven't watched it since I was like 10 or something. And a lot of I liked uh, Nick at Night. I was really not popular. I was not popular. (laughs) I was bookish, to put it kindly. But I'm like, hey guys, did y'all watch I Dream of Jeannie last night? I love Lucy. uh, (laughs) I love Lucy. Come on, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, I don't, I didn't remember a whole lot of it. So this week, because it's on Hulu now, I watched a couple of Mary Tyler Moore shows. And it was, I was expecting it to be so much cheesier. Because a lot of older shows are cheesy when you watch them with like a modern gaze lens yeah and it still fucking slaps it's a fucking hilarious <laughs> show there are some outdated stuff on it of course but it's really funny i know and they wrote this character named sue ann and i 
spoilerish alert. Um, Sue Ann is based like uh, Blanche from Golden Girls is actually based on Sue Ann. Yeah, we'll get to that in a little bit. Like we'll about, get yeah. to it. But Sue Ann, they wrote this new character for. Her. She's this older homemaker she's super duper happy but she's real slutty and that's what is amazing like it's it's so funny genius if you've never watched it so um mary tyler moore show uh mary tyler moore is like a news producer and they have this news segment on their show called the happy homemaker with Sue Ann and Sue Ann is this character that when she's on camera, she's like, and this is how you make the perfect Turkey. And she's just like this bubbly, bubbly housewife. But then when the cameras turn off, she's, uh, she's sleeping with everyone's husband, you know, like it's my brand. (laughs) That is my brand. Like, and the writers, the writers of it in the writer's room, they were like, we need someone so sweet, somebody disgustingly sweet. We need a Betty White type to play <laughs> this. <laughs> Long story short, they got Betty White. <laughs> they didn't get a Betty White type. They got Betty White. <laughs> so huge career move for Betty. Mm-hmm. Like her role was meant to be this like one time cameo, but she ended up being on the show for the next four years. Years. Like, <laughs> like this is a staple. She hadn't been in a TV sitcom and a recurring role in almost like 20 years. Mm -hmm. But at this point, it was like a whole new generation. We're getting to see her comedy, like her timing. Like we've been talking about that. And when we tell you this girl had comedic timing, y'all. It was like, I look up to that and I like to pride myself on my timing. And she is genius she's so good she knows how to hold that silence until there's just until the exact right point and she can just like turn her eyeballs to the left just a little bit yeah and then that's the timing that you need and you bust out laughing it's like it's just that subtlety of Uh, the humor uh, uh, genius and just and just how like oh yeah i it's kind of something you can't even put into words. You have to go watch it. If you guys haven't watched her on the Mary Tyler Moore show, I suggest you do so. Brilliant. So she won an Emmy in 1975. Again. <laughs> and in 1976 for Best Supporting Actress in a Comedy. Again. Right? <laughs> Second this- Emmy. But yeah. not the last. Not the yeah. last. Mm-mm, mm-mm. She was, it was her quote unquote breakthrough role, even though she had been steadily acting for like yeah, the last right. 20 years. <laughs> and I think it's so cool, though, that her considered her breakthrough role, even though she's already a household name, was in her, right? in, was when she was in her 50s. I, I love it. I love, I love a good I love a good 30 under 30 list, but I also love hearing of people like breaking through in their what they're passionate about later a in life. A cougar as well. countdown. <laughs> a cougar <laughs> countdown. I fucking love it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh So that Mary Tyler Moore show went off the air in 1978, but Betty was still steadily working along with Alan. 
Like they were still doing game shows. He was still hosting Password. They were it's still doing. It's a fun doing, gig. Oh, it's a fun yeah. gig. Like that's they were going a on totally the Carol Burnett gig. show. Her and Carol Burnett were buddies. Like they were just a power couple. Like we already said. Yeah, and then tragedy struck. I hate to be like the the. I know. I know. There's I no know and there's is. no fun way to transition into no. this either. It's just like they were on top of the world until they weren't in 1981 he ended up being diagnosed with stomach cancer and literally passed away a year later which honestly i don't even think it was a whole year later i think like within the year like he was diagnosed in 81 and he died in 81 but but to be honest with you that's how i would want to go like i wouldn't want it to be dragged (sighs) out over five years i was just quick done bye uh, but it was just five days shy of their 18th anniversary. Why does she do this to me? I know. <laughs> she has a thing with anniversaries and birthdays oh, and uh, <laughs> just, just missing them. But, but it was obviously dev- this was the love of her life. She never married again. As far as we know, she never had any kind of romantic relationship Mm-mm. again. She would tell Larry King later down the line when he was like, why didn't you remarry? She goes, once you've had the best, who needs the rest? And ah, uh, ah, uh, uh, death. Ah, uh, oh my god. Love. Also, her. I feel like it was also. I don't know about you. Um, I was lucky enough to know um three of my great grandmothers, and um, and they're the same. They're like the same age as Betty. I think maybe like five or six years older, but in around that age. And two of my great grandmothers lost their husbands in the 70s. And even though they lived until the 2000s, they never remarried. So I think it's also a bit of a generational thing yeah. of once you've had the. That is my love of husband. Yeah. My that husband. It's just like, why would you. You have even to look say it with a southern voice. With a husband. My husband. <laughs> but I think it was also a generational thing, also. She was, she was heartbroken, as you would be. Yeah. And she lay low for a couple of years. Like from his death until 1983, we just don't see a whole lot of her. She thought, like, some people thought that she may retire at this point. I, I mean, mean, she's she's 60s. 60s she's been working nonstop since she was 18 so they've got a little they've got some money stored away she could retire it's not a money thing because mm-hmm. if she wanted to retire now she's got several shows in syndication she can yeah, she... he had money she had money she could have retired at this point if she wanted to but that's not her lifestyle <laughs> that is yeah. not her thing she doesn't like to lay low does she Mm -mm. Uh, after a year of recovering from heartache she was back and she stayed back she did (laughs) she came back with a new game show called just men which sounds like my saturday night (laughs) I, i i've missed this one it was before our time and i guess it didn't stick around for too long but she won an emmy for it she mm-hmm. became the first woman to ever won an Emmy for being a game show host. So she's just first on first on first on first up here. I know, right? And she got public with her animal, let me say it, act not activism. So not she activism. was very she was even like, I'm not a feminist activism, I'm not activist. She was an advocate. 
So I wonder. I wonder why she made that because she did go out of her way all the time to be like, "I'm not an activist. I'm an advocate." I wonder if that's because like activist sometimes has like a negative connotation with yeah, it. Like with no, extremists. That's, that's what I was totally thinking. Is like activist yeah. means I'm going out and burning down the fence because yeah, I'm, I am I'm, doing this yeah. a, a, as opposed to an advocate who's like, "Hey, I'm here to support you all right. as long okay. as it's legal." Yeah, <laughs> but she like really she'd always been a huge animal lover but now she's like i've got a platform i've got the income i'm going to be really open about my um support of animals her animal advocacy oh it's um, so cute like she's watched the netflix documentary she's yes. feeding a grizzly bear Oh my gosh, in the book that I, book that I didn't read, I listened to the audio book, If You Asked Me, she talks a lot about all the pets that she's had over her life and just, and she, she narrates it, which is a delightful way to spend your time listening to Betty White read her own book. Just the way she talks about her animals is so passionate and so compelling and so sweet. Katie's in love. I'm in love. (laughs) If If I wasn't already, I am now. But she talks about just how she would donate money to causes of like getting people that needed working dogs, like seeing eye dogs that couldn't afford them, donating money so that they could get the working dogs that they need. Betty was on the board of a handful of animal welfare charities and organizations, as well as the LA Zoo Board of Directors. Maybe you've heard of it. She worked towards funding like animals that, you know, were police dogs or other kind of working dogs. She worked towards charities that funded finding them good homes after they transitioned, like were too old to be working dogs anymore. Yeah. Herself, she adopted a um, seeing eye dog that had been retired named Pontiac, who oh, was a very handsome golden retriever. Would you do the handsome squishy? Yes, yes. <laughs> so one story really love was Betty was offered a part in the Jack Nicholson movie from the nineties, as good as it gets. Maybe you've heard of it. Do you remember that movie? Uh, I vaguely remember it. Vaguely. Yeah, like I kind of remembered it, so I had to look it up. It has Helen Hunt in as well, and apparently it was like, uh huge yes. fucking movie. Like it was a smash yeah. hit at the box office. So in the movie, someone throws a dog down a garbage chute, which, what? <laughs> like Betty sees this and is like, um, I can't, I can't, I can't do this. <laughs> she was like, what if, a, like in the movie, the dogs ends up being just fine. But she's like, what if a kid sees this in this movie and recreates it because they think it's funny. Mm-hmm. I can't live with my... And then that dog is hurt. I can't live with myself knowing I had anything to do with that. She sees her influence. And also, I so love actually, it. she didn't need the money, you know? No. I'm sure... Yeah, so... <laughs> She's just fine. And they wouldn't take it out of the film, and so she wouldn't be in the film. So that's why she is not in the Jack Nicholson smash hit as good as it gets. So anyway, back to the 80s, because we love a good shoulder pad Mm -hmm. and some tacky colors. Some bright blue Um, eyeshadow. Big earrings. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) So after a few recurring roles on sitcoms here and there, um, she is sent the script for a TV show, you know, 
you love. It's called The Golden Girls. Thank you for being a friend. Doesn't love the Golden Girls. I know like when it was actually on, it was a little before our time, but I grew we grew up with it in syndication every afternoon after school, just, every sick day. It was just life. It was it, life. Every summer we'd watch the Golden Girls. It was just a show that I could watch with I thought was funny. My mom thought was funny. My grandma thought was funny. We could all watch it. <laughs> Everybody together. was on the same page. Yes. Yes. It is so iconic. And she was offered guess guess the role that she was offered, Katie. I know you know the answer. <laughs> <laughs> well, based on her Sue Nevin's character earlier, they thought that she would play the sex pot Blanche just perfectly. I know. And she Hot take, hot take. I think Queen's podcast has a hot take, and the hot take is I think she would have been great. I think think she would have nailed it. Yeah. I think she would have nailed it. I think she would have knocked it out of the park because it's Betty White. Like, for real. She would have done great, but the director was like, you know what? Let's try you guys playing. Betty, I want you to play Rose. The dumb one. And Rue McClanahan, you play Blanche. Yes. And Rue just hit it out of the park. And then Bet I think they I think it was one of those moments where you play the opposite yeah. of what you're supposed to. And then it just clicks. Like it, it was like, okay, that's what I was supposed to do. Yeah. And I think that's what happened with the both of them was like Blanche, <clears throat> excuse me, Rue McClanahan was supposed to play the innocent young, like, oh, I'm from St. Olaf. But yeah. then she played the slutty character and it was like, whoa. She just that's brought perfect. like this. Yes. <laughs> and yes. so they just played off of each other so amazingly. But could I, I can imagine a switch. Like, I can imagine them switching. But I wouldn't want it. I lo- but I wouldn't want it to happen. exactly how it is. Rose was just the fun. Like, they're all funny. All four of the main characters in this mm-hmm. show are hilarious. But Rose is just a standalone kind of character. It, she just enhanced the show. And nobody, nobody expected this to be a hit. No. Like this was about four old ladies in Florida. Retiring. Retiring. Like this sounds miserable. Like it sounds awful, but. Everybody was like this, this show is gonna, because all of the actresses on it had been working for years and they were like, after this show, these four women are all going to retire. This is going to be the nail in their coffins. Nobody is going to watch this show about four old ladies living in Florida. But <laughs> hindsight is twenty twenty. <laughs> like, they did. People did. They watch made gold. It's yes. called gold. <laughs> the Golden Girls aired from nineteen eighty five to nineteen ninety two, and it was a huge hit. But of course, we don't have to tell y'all that. Y'all yeah, know the every Girls. everybody loves this show. I fall asleep to it every night and Betty is just amazing. And once again, a whole new generation is introduced to Betty White. This is like, guys, we're working on like three or four generations now. And she's just in the 80s. She keeps, (laughs) she keeps 
making her new breakthrough role, new generations keep being introduced to her and falling in love with her. And she's that woman that can give you the ultimate punchline. Like She's so good at doing that. And guess what? She wins an Emmy. Again. In 1986, she won an Emmy again, 10 years after her second Emmy from the Mary Tyler Moore show. So So that's two. That's just two casual Emmys. Well, that's four altogether now. (laughs) Yeah. She was nominated for an Emmy every single year that the Golden Girls was on. And in the end, all four women would win an Emmy. In 1992, B. Arthur decided to leave the show. And honestly, guys, you really can't do that show without any no, of them. Any no. of them. Well, they so, tried to do a spinoff uh, without B. Arthur called The Golden Palace. Not they replaced, great. They replaced B. Arthur with Don Cheadle. Um, probably not something Don Cheadle's put on a lot of resumes. It was not. <laughs> <laughs> so there are some whispers that Betty and B had a feud that we'll maybe talk a little bit more about in our Patreon episode. Yeah. Uh, but that's what kind of broke everything up. Also, I think B. Arthur was like, I want the show to go out while it's still popular. Because we, yeah. we, I mean, look at the last few seasons of The Office or Friends. Oh. And and while you're still, while people are still like you, you know? Use and so lube, I think it was. Katie, use lube. Well, am I <laughs> lying? Oh my no, God. No, you're not. The last, you're not. Like the last season of Friends was fucking painful. So I get it. Go out while, yeah, go out while people still like you, and so I get why B did it. Okay, is it wild that we're this far into an episode and we're just now talking about what she's famous for, like or what she's most famous for, like what everybody knows her for is the Golden Girls, and we've been talking for an hour and a half, and we're just now getting to. I know, right? And she's now like sixty three. Like she's in her gigs, like that's awesome. She's got she yeah she got the gig that has made her most famous when she was sixty three. Like we were saying, don't stop chasing your passion. Go after it. It'll happen. Okay, but now it's over, and she's seventy, so it's obviously time to retire, right? No, of course not. It's Betty fucking White. She's not retiring. (laughs) She's got another 20 something years left in her. Again, we're not going to list everything she did after the Golden Girls because we're just listing stuff. But during the 90s to the early 2000s, she basically guest starred on everything. Yeah. Family Guy, that 70s show, Boston Legal, game shows, talk shows. She just never stopped working. Work, 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 work. Work, work. If you're Betty, work, 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 work. So she also started putting out her memoir. So there's three all together. She co-wrote a novel. She, she, yeah, like this woman did not take days off. I feel like that mentality from the television, the Hollywood on television show just never left her right she's no, like i gotta always correct. be working i gotta be working five and a half hours move, a day move, six days move, a week go yeah. go go yep. yeah 
Yep, I completely agree. So her last memoir was from 2011, uh, which Katie listened to on audiobook. Just yeah. listening to Betty White talk. Okay. For- I, I knocked it out. Like, I was done with it in two days. because I, all- I, I saw this article that was like, don't call Betty White your grandmother because she never wanted children. I was like, but I'm gonna. <laughs> Can't stop me. I think she'd be okay with it. I think she'd yeah. be okay with it. I think she would be fine with it. Yeah, the book that I listened to, you know, the audiobook, she won Grammy for best spoken for reading word. A book. <laughs> yes, for reading her audiobook. So now we've got Emmys, SAG Awards, Grammy. I bet she never expected to win a Grammy, but Grammy award winning Betty White. Well, okay, okay, but she was a good singer back yes. in her day. That's she true. was That's true. I had listened to her sing You're and been wrong. like, "Damn, girl." You're not wrong. So, let's fast forward to the year 2010. This was a huge year in Betty's career at the young age of 88 she had a career (laughs) renaissance as people like to put it yeah she had just done that movie um proposal with sandra Mm -hmm. bullock have you seen that movie i love that movie ah it's so cute it's so it's cheesy it's cheesy romantic comedy but but i'm here for it yeah yeah i'm not (laughs) lactose intolerant it's fine After that, she got asked to do that Super Bowl commercial, the Snickers commercial. I laugh oh. every time I see that commercial. Oh, was that the one where he was like... They're playing football, and it's like Betty White like, gets tackled. And he's like, stop riding me. You're playing like Betty White out there. And then she goes, that's not what your girlfriend said last night. And I swear to God, every time she says, that's not what your girlfriend said last night, I can't help but laugh. It's fucking <laughs> hilarious. It is genius. So after that commercial, some guy in San Antonio, Texas, like has this petition that wants Betty White to host SNL. So Betty had turned down SNL for a couple of times in her life, but her agent convinced her to do it. And guys, I remember it. I watched it. It I remember that one too. It was a um, Mother's Day special. And they had a bunch of women that had been off of SNL for years, like Mm -hmm. Tina Fey, Amy Poehler, Maya Rudolph. These people had all already left SNL, but they came back to do the Mother's Day special with Betty White. I know. But she did tell her agent during the SNL, like rehearsals and everything, she was like, Never again. But I mean, <laughs> she's 88 and live what? television Lifetime. is very stressful. <laughs> In her book, she talked about specifically like the quick changes um, and having to read cue cards stressed her out the most. I um, would be stressed out just being there. <laughs> though she did say it made her feel better. Like Tina Fey would give her like little hacks on how to handle some of because it had been she used to do live tv Mm -hmm. every single day but it's been you know like 70 years years. (laughs) like it's been forever (laughs) uh so that same year betty starred in her last tv show called hot in cleveland i never Uh, saw that i didn't have it's cute it's it's cute cute. i've never had tv land which is what i think 
comes on. It's mm-hmm. never been on any of the cable packages I had. So, but I know it looks cute. So good for her. It is. It yeah. is cute. So in 2010 was also the year that Betty spoke out about her support for the LGBTQ plus alphabet soup community. So many of her friendships in Hollywood leading up to like, she's always been a supporter. Yeah. Like we can't deny that golden girls is even like, obviously yeah lgbtq plus like forward and she had a long friendship with liberace as well mm-hmm. also yeah. important to remember that in 2010 gay marriage was not legal so guys yeah remember that um it was a hot topic so it was a lot Betty, more controversial to support than it is now and she was quoted as saying I don't care who anybody sleeps with. Round of applause. Yes, yes, um, yes. If a couple has been together all that time, I think it's fine if they want to get married. Yep. Mm-hmm. We're giving applause. <laughs> true, true statements. Mind your business, take care of your affairs, and don't worry about other people so much. Mic drop. <laughs> Mic mean, fucking applause. Drop. She applause. lives for the applause, like Thousands Lady Gaga. <laughs> Keep going, Katie. <laughs> no. <laughs> During 2010, someone asked her, you know, what do you think about this career renaissance you're having? And she's like, what the fuck are you talking about? I have <laughs> never stopped working. And she hasn't. If you no. look at her IMDb, there's really, I mean, whenever when Alan died, I mean, she took a she took a year or so off. But besides that, there aren't really any gaps in her resume yeah i remember i remember people saying to her like oh you made a comeback and she was like a comeback i never left i never left i was here the entire time (laughs) oh something that i love this story something else that happened in 2010 which she said was the highlight of her comeback year was that in november 9th 2010 her first career aspiration came true and i'm getting goosebumps the USDA Forest Service Department had a ceremony in Betty's honor and made her an honorary forest ranger. Hmm. Isn't like they gave her a hat and everything. She'd always wanted she to be a forest ranger. She got to be a forest ranger, ranger y'all. <laughs> the chief of the US Forest Service told her, you're an inspiration for all of us to never give up on your dreams. Hmm. And she said that during the ceremony, she could feel her father's presence. She could oh. feel him there being proud of oh, her. Oh, my little gay heart is And twinkling. if that isn't the sweetest fucking thing you've ever heard. Like, that is so... He would have been so I proud. He I love been this so journey proud. for her so much. I know. I'm not crying. You're crying. I'm crying a little bit. I know. <laughs> <No>, me too. <laughs> so, Betty carried on working as an actress and working for charitable causes for years. Her last performance as an actress was in 2019, lending her voice to the Toy Story movie franchise. But, with the hit of COVID-19, soon she laid low afterwards. I mean, uh, and she... we were all like, yes, Betty White, stay home. Yeah. <laughs> stay yeah. home, We don't, don't want to lose you too. Um, though this was a horribly horror divisive time in this country, we've been through a lot in the last two years, but it seems like everybody loves Betty White. It was the one thing that America could agree on, you know? I know. Mask, vaccines, we can argue. Betty White, no argument. We love we her. We love her. And I, <sighs> I feel like we needed something like that. And she... Mm-hmm. Was that for America? She's she's immortal. 
She'll live on my silver screen in my television home. Golden Girls for life. I love her. But like you were saying, sadly. On New Year's Eve, December 31st, 2021, Betty passed away quietly at her home just 18 days before her 100th birthday. Her and anniversaries and birthdays. Her last words were of Alan, her husband. I know, I read that and I wanted to cry. Let's talk about this woman's legacy. She is in the Guinness Book of World Records for the longest female career in fucking entertainment and you better eat it. Eight Emmys, a Grammy, three SAGs, a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. She's in the Television Hall of Fame. Y'all, we really had to skim over this career and the names of the TV shows and the achievements that she did because there's just so many. Like, she's insanely talented, beautiful, gorgeous, and who told you you weren't photogenic? Fuck them. They lied. Um. (laughs) But now, finally got to retire at the age of 99. And now she finally gets to retire and rest with her husband and her hundreds of pets that she's had over the years. And here's and cheers to the love of her life, Alan. Cheers to what an amazing life. What a... Don't give a fuck attitude. I am going to do what I need to do, but do it with love and gratitude and just how to live a life as a class act to fucking (sighs) Betty White. Raise a glass. That fucking sparkle. That sparkle in her eye. Cheers, bitches. (laughs) Clink. All right. We'll catch you next time, guys.